and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. San Francisco time on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week, we're talking about the second album from a Chicago-based four-piece called Slow Pulp. The album is called Yard, and the first song is called Gone Too. I know that you are impatient. I guess it's five after nine o'clock. Another day that I've wasted. It's better if you fight it off. Is it done what you came for? I never know what I want. Could you come back tomorrow? You shake it off, but keep it in. Do it the same way you always did. I wonder how you've been. You say forgiven. of this band all grew up together in Wisconsin, but they didn't release their first album until the until 2020, which was during the pandemic, and they couldn't really tour, and then it just kept going on, and so they also recorded this album kind of in isolation, sending tracks to each other. Um, but now they live in Chicago, and they're very excited to be finally touring with this album. Yeah, so it is sort of interesting, though. Obviously, the first record came out right at the beginning of the pandemic, and then with the lockdowns and apparently front woman Emily Massey, I think actually joined the band a little bit later and then ended up as the front woman and it's sort of entertaining in interviews where she acknowledges how kind of like, yep, I kind of came in and took over, but then you hear that voice and good for the other members of the band to realize, hey, we should let her sing Mm because she has such a warm, powerful voice and also a lot to say because pandemic hits and she's, I think, up taking care of her parents up, up in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, they were in a car accident, yeah. so she moved back to take care of them, and then she had her own health issues, and yeah. this was all recorded in her father's home studio, because he is also a musician, and so she kind of did that by necessity with the first album, and then thought that it worked so well that she did it again for this record. Yeah, the the emotion that drips out here is so intense, and her just feeling of pathos and and. and this sense of you know searching for connection and that what I, I like this little touch of after that chorus and we hear a little instrumental interlude and then they kept in a sample of her just kind of breathing in and so her presence is there even in just that sense of expectation of like I'm still here I'm getting ready for this next verse it's very charming yeah this 
album has a very strong, like what I think of 90s alt rock influence, but they talk about growing up in the 2000s, which seems crazy. Um, and so that is kind of the, a lot of the music they picked up on. But it, it has a very nostalgic sound. But I think the production and her vocals and just the way it's put together give it a fresh feeling. Yeah, the I know there is a lot of sort of assorted instrumentation here that doesn't always stick out. Like there's a credited banjo that I mm. actually didn't even pick up at all and some other kind of stuff that sounds vaguely like our harmonica, but that's not credited on here. But mm. it, it just creates this warm blanket that pulls us in and it's pretty low key and fortunately that's not what we get for the next nine tracks the energy level goes way up coming into the second track it's called doubt such a great i mean i you know we talked about kind of being 90s ish but i feel like it it feels inspired by in terms of the energy the drum sound uh the, the chuggy, kind of composition chuggy, yeah guitars. there's very the guitar is very chuggy but then there's also all these other textures that feel sort of like very organic kind of sounds but then super processed to feel like this kind of artificial texture kind of floating over all of it and then of course that like really just buzzed out synth coming out of the chorus that's very just oh that's a part of this sound too yeah henry stower is credited with both guitars and production and i really like the way that this song feels very organic but there are a lot of electronic textures like the way that her voice kind of ping pongs back and forth and fades out and just little weird touches to make it feel a little bit electronic and <clears throat> Massey has said in interviews that he is very good at just figuring out what kind of sound world the songs should live in and kind of creating textures around that and a lot of the each of these tracks is very distinctive in the kind of production feel that it has yeah there is such a great like sense of space here and i really like that we get over the course of the song there are three choruses i really love the build up to it here and there's this, even like that nice just kind of moment to catch up breath between those first two verses and then each chorus though keeps layering on more so in the second chorus we get this kind of double track wordless voices that come in in one ear where just adding a little bit of space and then in the third chorus there seems to be even like a third vocal track kind of layered in so you get her main vocals this kind of wordless off in one side and then down below just a kind of call and response of just i just want to do doubt but it's like super quiet and slower and it yeah such a sense of texture and lived inness that uh, 
yeah, it's a delight, delight here. And I love that this isn't just a straightforward, it's straightforward and rocking, mm-hmm. but then so kind of, yeah, the depth of emotion and depth of sound throughout it is really impressive. So the next song we'll play is called Cramps. said that this song is about searching for things that you wish you had in other people and creating characters in your head that has all the physical and emotional attributes you feel that you are lacking which i thought was cute it's i love the psychedelic furs style guitars it it actually every time this song starts i think i'm gonna hear pretty in pink um but it it feels really nostalgia nostalgic for me yeah it, it brings me back and this i feel like has where I feel like the first two tracks for me felt a little kind of like this more generalized longing and here things start to become a little more specific about this notion of like, oh, here's this person who have this Heather who is kind of embodies like the person I want to be. And yet there's also, you know, the lyrics about wanting it to be like this perfect machine. So it's like it's kind of a person, but it's also this desire for kind of a mechanical perfection. And hammered home by this obsession of like oh i want anything you're gonna give and i want everything it's just just this sense of like these elements of like a sweet love song but it's almost menacing and it's an alarm it's a weird crazy alarming wonderful delightful song all these songs are very kind of obliquely about relationships and connection and lack of connection and you can feel that the that massey is sorting through her kind of feelings and her past when she's writing the lyrics and I like that they're not too specific because you can relate to them no matter what your experience is but they still convey a really clear sense of emotion yeah and so that yeah this sense of longing here is very energetic and a little scary I think it next the next track takes that same thread and takes it to someplace that's a little slower and sweeter still pretty sad it's called slugs
were listening to that and had our mics off, uh, you said, is this really sad? And I'm like, well, yeah, because it's this sweetness and longing. And there's something so pure about the notion of like, oh, like I'm, I'm singing you like this song that I can't get out of my head. And it's like, oh, that's really sweet. And yet also you're a summer hit, which is sort of that thing. that's like, it's a hit now, but it's going to fade. And it's all in the context of like, oh, I want to get back together with you. And I know we're going to break up again. So it's this like very sweet and pure love song, but it's all about like how love is fleeting. And so it's enjoy while it lasts, but it's not going to last. And so there's, <laughs> it's right. bittersweet. I feel like the drums make it sound a little bit sad too, because they're very plodding and they have, they really set kind of a stately pace. Yeah. And there's that kind of that, that off kilter melody that's, it's pretty, but it's not, it feels sort of at, off kilter it feels very much like we're not in a stable stable place so mm. we're enjoying it but it it yeah i think it, it again it has that same energy of this is great it's not gonna last and so it, it, i i love this song and i love that especially her vocals are so whispered and so there's this intensity that is not loud and i'm really a fan yeah the most of these songs are very close mic'd and so that always to me has the effect of feeling very like you're right up close with someone and they're whispering in your ear yeah and then later we get kind of additional layering so i think they do that a lot that is a repeated trick of like these vocals are very quiet and intense and then instead of making them louder we'll just add another track of similarly quiet and intense vocals Mm -hmm. instead of a single so it's it yeah always feels so rich uh we do end up with like a little bit of piano at the end too so it's sort of a nice counterpoint that after the first chorus we get this extreme kind of buzzy again very a little discordant and very out of sorts and then a little bit of prettiness so i guess an optimistic take is like oh we're feeling a little bit of hopefulness as the song wraps up but and yeah. massey has said that this the first iteration for the song was written by henry star when he was in middle school and she said she thinks that was maybe the first song he ever wrote wow and yeah amazing that the, like, the power of lifelong collaboration that at least the three not massy members of the band, I think, were like childhood friends who met. I think two of them met when they were five, met the third when they started taking music lessons at like 10, yeah. formed a band at 15. Like, that's, and they're still making music in their 20s. It's yeah. so great. Uh, and that sort of beauty, and just as we're talking about this song that's very much not written by Massey, we then, the next track is a similarly bittersweet backwards looking track that is all massy and it's the title track called Yard I've been crying in the yard the grass is yellow and it hurts my arms wanna burn it up wanna watch a show come on let's go they put the house for sale sign up did you know that I cared that much? Tell my sister that she's good enough for me. I'm so 
I think this is the best track on the album. Just the pure emotionality of it and that simple piano line. And I just really love the melody. And it's a very literal song. Uh, Massey said that her parents had put her childhood home up for sale. And this is about visiting it for the last time and reflecting on her relationship with her little sister who got dragged to all of her music stuff and then she never went to any of her sports things or whatever and she felt she felt uh guilty for that and so this is like her apology yeah there's a self-awareness here of just an interview with variety where she's like i never went to one of her sports games ever <laughs> just oh it's rough but also kids are awful yeah and at least as an adult you can hopefully start making up for it and you hear that in the sort of this outro that to me just is so powerful in a song that otherwise is so simple, just piano and vocal. But then it's the the vocals start getting triple tracked with each one expressing these different emotions where one of them is just seemingly saying me over and over again. One of them being I've been selfish. I'm so selfish and I don't want to leave and all of these emotions that you're feeling and in that context of like the for sale sign is up, the clock is running out. You, you better come to terms with your memories because this house is going away and time is fleeting for all of us. And it's, yeah, it's really powerful. And I get, I don't think they're very young or very old. Like they, but well, they grew up in the 2000s. Yeah. They grew up in the 2000s. Exactly. So they're like, I think they're all 20 somethings. Mm -hmm. And yet this is such that someone coming to terms with like, Oh, I'm mortal in a way. It really has that feeling to it. And it is such a powerful, I mean, it's a great choice for title track. It's a great choice for it's kind of tentpole right in the center of the album on the LP. I think this is like the last end, song on the last, first Yeah, it really is like, oh my goodness. It just wallops you and you got to take a break, take a breath before you dive in on that second half. And I really like the effect of, you know, as I said, most of her vocals are very close mic'd, but then when she's, you can hear her kind of pull back from the mic and really open up when she says, for me. Yeah. And it, you just really hear that like song filling chorus yeah uh, room filling sound yeah sorry. well you get that yeah the sound it sounds amazing and you imagine this filling room but in fact in interviews she says like yeah this is still hard to play live because it's so emotional when she first she said she played it for her family and just everyone sat around and cried Aww. which is just oof that's rough but also the power of art to communicate with the people you love and maybe say things in song that would be hard to say just in words so it's really beautiful <laughs> So the next song we'll play is called M.U.D.
sounds for Miss You, Dear, which I wanted to point out before you started speculating. Thank you. I like to speculate on things. <laughs> but no, this is... I love the sound of this track. There's such a wonderful, just noisy build. And, you know, you, I've read about some write-ups of this band talk about them as being shoegazy. And I guess I the first, first record... I think album was very shoegazy. And I feel like this one is like the one song that I feel like most kind of leans into that where the really echoey spacey you know, this kind of place where your brain goes and these the sounds are bouncing around and even so how the actual vocals are produced feels so of the moment of like again we just came out of what that year of boy genius and I'm like oh yeah this is like that is really such to me like the contemporary pop indie pop vocal style and mm-hmm. hers it's like oh this she could be the fourth member the way she's singing on this <laughs> on this on this track but then against the really shoegazy echoey production it's a fun kind of combination and i love how the chorus has this just stab stab guitar pause stab yeah stab. that is, feels very nostalgic to it's me. really just oh it's the good kind of nostalgia it's such a great track that and the staccato acoustic guitars that you get throughout this whole record it just really takes me back and i think that is why when you know when i originally listened to this i really liked it it came out in september of 2023 but I put it aside because I, I thought, oh, we can't do this for the podcast because I just really like it because it sounds so much like what I grew up listening to and the kind of music that really like hits my sweet spot of what I like. But then, you know, it, it kept getting more praise and it was on a lot of best of lists of 2023. And I was like, all right, let's do well, it. I feel like you also you you have your curated playlist and it just kind of stayed on there. because yeah. It kept being good and kept being interesting. And it, just the replayability of this record is so high. And part of that is uh, these songs are really intense, but they don't outstay their welcome. I think this is the longest track on the record at just over four minutes. Yeah, it's 10 tracks and I think 31 minutes. Yeah, the and there's like not bridges on a mm-hmm. lot of these songs. Mm-hmm. It's like, that, so they feel like super dense where there's often a lot of different musical ideas and I'll, I'll I, you know, I take my little notes of like, oh, you have a first and a pre-chorus and a chorus and a post-chorus. I'll, I've written on a number of these, but Which no bridges. N- nobody knows why you take notes on, in that much detail. But. I want to think, I want to really like <laughs> understand like how does this song flow and mm-hmm. what like what is kind of the the trip it takes us on and mm-hmm. is it a complicated trip with a lot of different ideas and yes these songs have a lot of ideas but they flow so naturally that i think it was only fairly late in the process to realize there's dense dense songwriting happening mm-hmm. here it's great so the next song we'll play is the penultimate track it's called broadview
melody in Massey's voice in this song is so like I think it's the most moving song on the record besides maybe Yard but she said that this song is about letting yourself fall in love for the first time in a long time and she says after being hurt in previous relationships I was trying to decide if making the jump was worth it but realizing that it's always worth it to at least give it a try and she said that when she wrote this song and Fishes which is the last song on the album that will go out on she was listening to a lot of Lucinda Williams and so she feels like there was an influence there yeah I mean here we're going into this was not expecting this kind of country tinged track where we're getting this really prominent banjo and harmonica and pedal steel and that's all about Willie Christensen coming in on harmonica and banjo Peter Briggs on pedal steel and it gives it this really earthy wonderful sound and to hear that right after the shoegaze of the earlier tracks and then the kind of grungy 90s rock of earlier tracks it sounds kind of wacky but it's still a her voice is so versatile that mm-hmm. it totally works mm-hmm. in this country milieu it's also thematically this is a great container for expressing that same kind of longing this and it is yeah such a primal message of that like step, stepping at the at the preface, precipice of something scary and just like, well, I'm going to do my best and mm-hmm. hope that it's enough. And then the song kind of wraps up, which is that it's enough, it's enough, it's enough. And it's just like, yeah, that's all any of us can do. And it's really moving and a, yeah, a really f- crazy left field decision. And yet it totally works. It's fu- And it w- reminds me of an interview in, with Uproxx where they said, what are our favorite, you know, our influences? And like, well, garbage and Bonnie Vare. Like, yeah. All right. Well, that sounds about right. I believe Bonnie Vare also from Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, they were like, well, garbage, but they're from Scotland. So let's pick someone from Wisconsin. Well, I think she is from the, um, oh, what's her name? Shirley Manson. Shirley Manson is from, is from Scotland. Scotland. But I think the rest of them are from the Midwest. Oh, okay then. I, I may be wrong about that, but you <laughs> anyway. can you can Google that later. <laughs> yeah. Exercise for the listeners. Um, but yeah, this actually reminded me a lot of Rap Boys, who are also a Midwest band of that mix of Americana with uh, Americana and indie rock with a really emotional, emotive female vocalist. And it just shows their range. You know, this is only their second album. And I think the first album was very different. It was very shoegazy. And this makes me excited for, I mean, I'm always excited to see bands at the beginning of their career and kind of exploring what they're doing. And I think they just have so much potential to, to, to really make, you know, some more great records. Yeah. You do get that sense that they kind of worked, you know, worked their stuff up and they, you know, put out some EPs, figured out the lineup, figured out like, oh, this backing vocalist is our lead vocalist, got the first LP out and then got signed to anti which is i guess a huge huge pseudo indie that has a number of amazing bands on it and a fantastic addition to the roster and then using that to put out like a just this let's let's take this to the next level kind of record the opposite of a sophomore slump so we're gonna go out with the last song which is called fishes and we've been discussing slow pulp and their second album yard and you've been listening to for the record thank you as always so much for listening Looking at a past life on a CD stand Next to legends Do you think Lucy understands? Fishes mounted on a wall made out of glass Watching me cry to a scream Saying I hope 
BFF.FM Podcast Network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.